We're breaking down RevOps with some of the biggest names in SaaS. Every week, Patrick Campbell and Michael Klett unravel the mysteries of RevOps. I spend all my time thinking about revenue operations. While also enjoying some of the best and freshest hops around. Cheers to RevOps. Today, we're discussing the relationship between RevOps and pricing with Robert Cortese, the CEO of SolarWinds. This is RevOps and Hops. All right, welcome to RevOps and Hops. I'm Patrick Campbell. We got Michael Klett and Robert Cortese here from SolarWinds. We're going to be exploring the world of RevOps and then ultimately learning a little bit about Hops. Michael, you've been our beer aficionado throughout this entire journey here. That's right. So what do we have going on this week? To wrap it up, I want to say if you don't know what to choose when you're out and you're trying to decide what to drink, just go local. Um, and so today we're going to try a San Antonio lager from Ranger Creek Brewing All right, here in San Antonio. And we're at Ranger Creek right now. We are. Which makes it really, really wild. On location. Cool. cool. So should we jump in? Cheers. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers guys. To Rev Ops. Rev Ops and local drinking. There we yes. go. Very cool. That is crisp. Crisp and light. And effervescent. There we go. Effervescent. <laughs> it is. It is so fresh. this is uh, this is your pale lager style. It is one of the most popular styles yeah. in the U.S. and across the world. Um, I think nine out of every ten beers sold in it's the like world this. are this style. Okay, right. But this one has obviously been made with a lot of care. I don't know if this is offensive, but it's like upscale Bud Light or Miller Light. That's kind of how I, I think it's accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't really let good. don't let the brewer hear that. I know they'll hate that but. I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get kicked out here. I, I will add that it is it is apropos that this is a lager. Because lager is a more recent form of brewing. Okay. Uh, thousands of years old. That's true. Lagers Interesting. are a couple hundred years old. Why is that important? Because RevOps is a revolution. Wow. That's Robert's it. way of being like, Here to help. thanks for the beer. <laughs> Let's transition into pricing and RevOps, right? <laughs> Name is Robert, uh, and I'm a pricer. Been doing it for a number of years now, a couple decades. Started my career at Disney. Did about 10 years there, working on films, and that's sort of been a fascinating chapter. Um, when I moved to Austin, I worked in um, in startups for about five years. Solar Winds, uh, we provide, create, design, market IT infrastructure management solutions, software to help IT professionals do their jobs. Excellent at it. The products are excellent. We are affordable and very powerful. About two hundred seventy-five thousand customers. Yeah. It's a lot to yeah. manage from a RevOps, even just pricing perspective. 60 yeah? plus products to price. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's a field day. Yeah. yeah. Well, Always. when you, because I remember we talked at dinner a few months ago, or maybe it was a year ago at this point. Yeah. Like, tell us a little bit about the, the experience at Disney. They know their DNA. Mm. Okay. And, and this is uh, one of those things about pricing that is so important. It's like we do all this work about value mm. and we come up with this range that it could be. But if you don't know your DNA and who you want to be, for instance, we're affordable. Yeah. Well, Disney knows that they are a premium product, mm. right? And they know that the value or the price that they are setting is actually or potentially could influence a child's experience on a ride at the park. Got it. Okay. So that it's not just what's the price of this Pixar film. It might be, you know, how do we want to reflect value over the history of the company? Mm. That's interesting. For decades to come. I guess, I guess the core question I want to ask is like, how do you measure that, right? Because yeah. there's some brand affinity aspect. Then there's obviously the, the, the value of like the DVD plus the toy plus the park experience. Like, do they have a through piece that goes through all of that to know that, 
hey, we're going to produce this and it's going to spit this much money out per customer or something like that? Sure. There's all sorts of... Well, when I was doing it, yeah, there's still a lot of DVD and Blu-rays out there. Sure. So you were looking at turn rates at Walmart. I and mean, Walmart's selling 35% of everything you sell. Uh. The turn rate on a fixture at Walmart, if you can get something on that limited space, can make a significant impact. Wow. You know, in the past like couple of months, obviously we you know, saw Disney plus launch, you know, first week, 10 million subscribers. And I don't yeah. even know where it is right now. Um, and obviously I'm post dating a little bit here cause this isn't going to come out yeah. for a couple months, but yeah. like, how do you, are you like super bullish because they have that DNA so much that they're going to be able to kind of like figure out not just like the subscription, but all the other cash that's going to come from it. Or, or what do you, what do you, what's your perspective? Well, I, th- I think you brought up something pretty incredible that's happened and what technology has done is it's, changed things the subscription right revolution has changed things from the fact that disney is now saying you know what for six or seven dollars you can have everything of ours yeah that was not something you could do 10 years ago Mm. now uh, you know these models are no longer looked at as not premium Mm. they're looked at as completely plausible still reflect value you're not hurting the brand well, and the value kind of cascades, right? You know, because it's, as you were saying, it's it's not only watching the show, but then it's the merchandise and then it's the park and that's right. all these different things. And that's right. what do you, what are some of the corollaries? You know, you mentioned 60 products at SolarWinds. Um, you guys are the Disney of IT software. Let's just put it that yes. way. I don't think anyone's ever said that, but I'm going to throw <laughs> that out there. But what are some of like the corollaries there? Like, you know, how do you, how do you deal with 60 products, cross sale, upsells, pricing them properly? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, Disney, I was extremely vertical, vertically integrated in selling certain products. Got it. I was actually a product manager over catalog films. And catalog there means films once they're no longer in the new release window. Got it. <clears throat> At Solar Winds, I'm much more horizontally integrated. That is, is that I'm called upon to look or consult about all the products we're pricing, hmm. right? So... Just in terms of how that works for me is uh, we have these PMs that have this extraordinary background on a product, for instance, Mm. right? I've got background on how to price. Some of these PMs are very good at pricing. Some of them are not. And so I'll come in and we'll work with them and consult. In some cases, we do a lot of work. Some cases, we'll bring in ProfitWell, for instance, and, and get a lot of research in other cases, we're simply verifying some suppositions that have been around for a while. How does the uh, the legacy of existing pricing play into it? Because I know you guys acquire companies, and so you may mm. acquire a company that already has a pricing yeah. a price point in place, uh, and then you look at it and you say, you know, this isn't this isn't quite right. How does how does that yeah, legacy so pricing play into that's a, that's an excellent question. I think that's where we're, knowing your DNA is so important, right? If you're going to go out there and say we are powerful and affordable. Right there, I'm looking at a range of prices. It gives me a great compass as to what to do. I know RevOps, you know, you might look at it and be like, oh, this is kind of what we've been doing for years, but now we put a name to it, right? Like, how do you, one of the things we ask everyone is like, how do you define RevOps? Like, especially in the context of a business with so many SKUs, forgive me the term, and like so many moving parts. Things move much quicker now than they ever did, Mm. right? And those things need to be acknowledged. And RevOps, in a way, or the term RevOps is an acknowledgement that things are moving extremely quickly and we need to align better. Got it. You're right. I have always, in fact, what's interesting is because pricing is this 
multifaceted. It, it is marketing, it is customer success, it is strategy, it's all these things, but you wind up talking to everybody, right? They often had, would, I'd wind up running a deal desk or running the pricing committee or mm. the pricing council, we call it now. And you, you're really getting together, not just the leaders to talk about the strategy, but you're also getting together the ops people to say, hey, this is coming. Mm. What are you going to do about it? And so it becomes a forum where you're bringing these different teams together. Now we've acknowledged that, that we absolutely need this. Yeah. And, and, and you're starting to see a, see a movement towards, you know, org charts, you know, based on RevOps. Yeah, that's where, cool. Where you've got these teams all, you know, a single team doing this. Right. That's versus well, having like slicing across all the, the yeah. customer success, marketing, sales. That's right. Yeah. And how do you, so at, at SolarWinds and it's, you know, obviously a big company, there's always things changing and like shifting. If we go directly into like your, you know, year or years in terms of pricing, like how do you kind of structure it, especially with multiple products? Yeah. So, well, you have certain things that are absolutely a priority for the organization, right? And you're told this is, this is it. Okay. This so that come, kind of comes up yeah. from the top yeah. and you're like. And, and, you know, if you're dealing with an acquisition or something like that, there may be something that this is on fire right now. Sure. Get it done. And you jump in. <clears throat> there are other things when you've got that many products where things are just coming at, at, at you. Mm -hmm. So you actually, what we've done is create an intake process mm -hmm. where you have to fill out a form, sort of ask some questions. It's a big company, so that's yeah. okay. <laughs> I, you know, 99% of the time I will reach out and say, sure. okay, what's going on? And I'll just quickly start gathering stuff and I can kind of assess the priority. And I work with my leaders to figure out what's really important here. And communication, tons of communication, hmm. you know. But I will say there are some things, that you, you, in the beginning of your question, you touched upon this. It wasn't quite what your question was. But there are some things that you want to touch. But I, I kind of look at it at the Supreme Court, right? There are <laughs> things that it has to be raised up enough times yeah. for, the, for, the, for it to feel like it's ready to review this. Got it. Right? That people are willing to talk about this subject. And so... In a way, as a pricing person, I'm doing that. I'm constantly kind of sending out, hey, you know, what do you think about subscription on this product? Or, you, you know, maybe we need to pivot here. Yeah. Because a lot of products, a lot of, you've got these products that are successful. Sure. Products that are working well. You're not always sure what is changing something. Is it the marketplace? Is it the customer personas? Is it the use cases? You've got all this stuff that could potentially be the issue. And... You have to make sure that the organization has the appetite mm. to take a look at something that may have been in the past been a winner mm. and pivot on that, right? Yeah, and, tough. and there's some risk there. There's switching costs for the customer, for us. Huge operational challenges sometimes. Yeah. I mean, certainly moving, some, moving from on-premise to subscription, yeah. that, that topic right there. That's I mean, wild. you've read the use cases, Adobe and things like that. Yeah. The, the, as long as it, there's an understanding that not everything can possibly get done. If your organization supports that and, is, and can work with you on that, then it's fantastic. Mm. You know, I've been in situations where everything has to be done all the time mm. and it has to be on 10 and that's when it's no fun. Yeah. That's interesting. That's cool. What are the, uh, the metrics you look at when you're trying to um, either make a case for a particular pricing strategy or to show that it worked? Yeah. Well, post-analysis is, is a very tough one. So we'll, let's 
we can talk about that, but let's start with up front. You, you know, this is where you get, you know, for prices are almost cliches, you talk about value. You know, yeah, how do you yeah, get yeah. to the, the value? And you'd look at, you know, there's been a lot of ways to do that. Historically, the, maybe the trend now or the way we go about it now, who, who are the customer personas, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you take a look at that and you deep dive into what are the quality of these people? Why are they buying? What do they need? How are we solving their problems? And then what is their perception of value? That's a very difficult thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where things like surveys can be so powerful. You have to talk to the customer to understand. If you've got a net new product, you've got, then you're looking at substitutes. You're looking at, at all sorts of different things to try and inform what that value is. Mm -hmm. If you're not looking at a net new product, this is where you, you're, apart from surveys and trying to understand what the customer wants, you know, competition does become important. You're making some assumptions that they know what they're doing and they yeah, don't yeah. always. Uh, but it's still a benchmark because even if they don't know what they're doing and if, if they're successful at it, they've set the tone for the marketplace. Still affecting you, And yeah. at the end of the day, value is made up in all of our minds, mm. right? It's, it's a very elusive thing. Somehow people are okay with paying five times more for a Tiffany diamond because of the blue box, Yeah, right? People are okay with paying for that Disney ticket to go into the park. You know, these things are val value perception, right? Um, and business to business is a little bit different. I'm those are consumer products, right? Sure. Consumer products tend to act that way, but it happens in business to business. Some people just want the, what's the very best. Yeah. I don't uh, care. We're going to pay for it, yeah. right? Um, so to find where that price level is, that understanding of value is important and where you sit. But as I said before, one of the most critical aspects of that value lever is the company's DNA and where you want to sit within the range, right? Mm -hmm. Diamonds can be sold here or here. Are we an affordable diamond seller, right? Mm -hmm. Are we going for growth and market penetration? Or do we want to define an exclusive value? Mm. Right. Um, I'm a lifestyle company, right? Yeah. I'm not, we're not, but I'm just saying yeah. you're a lifestyle company. The, the, what those leaders are trying to do for their employees and for themselves is very different than if you're trying to go public and you do have the ability to find what the, the consumer's understanding of what value is. It's not easy when you've got really great competitive products out there. Mm. And so those are the kind of things that might define for solar winds, for instance, what yeah product can we push the limit in or do we need to go more aggressive you know, you know there there are products um <clears throat> in any company right that you need to do that because it fulfills sort of the overall portfolio of what your mission is as a company yeah right but that particular product might not be the most profitable product mm. for you but you're going to do it because it fulfills yeah right we the have like the mix and everything it, it gets or a pricing tier yeah. You know, a, a starter totally. package. You might have to do something because it is a gateway. Yeah. Right? Well, you talked a lot about like communication and alignment with the company DNA, but what about tooling? Because this, like deploying a pricing change must can't be that easy amongst 60 different products, or let alone like tracking 60 products yeah. and their performance from a pricing perspective. Like what's that look like in the operational stack? Well, first of all, I'm very fortunate at SolarWinds because we have some incredible operations people. Yeah. This is the actually the first time in my career where I can sort of work on strategy and help the teams. Bear in mind in this, I am this sort of this role that kind of seagulls in and talks to all these different sure. product leaders. Uh, 
many of these uh, decisions that are being made, there are teams that take these and implement them very well. Hmm. They're, they're very efficient at what they do and effective at operationalizing things. And it's because they've, in their DNA, are some of these things that you're talking about that RevOps is now doing. Yeah, yeah. Right? A lot of communication. Hmm. Yeah. It's not okay for you to come up with the pricing and then another department say, oh, we can't implement that. It's no good. Go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, but, but that being said, if that's why you have these meetings, mm-hmm. if you come up with something and see, you know, Chargerify doesn't do that or it does it this way, that can inform a packaging decision. True. Mm-hmm. It has. You have to be cognizant of that. Right. So it's not a matter of just saying, here's our strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to have those conversations from day one. Yeah. What are our limitations? Yeah. You mentioned, uh, so we were talking about value and I'm curious, and you might have some insight as being from Disney in the past. Is that why they put movies in the vault to create that? The vault. Yeah. That that idea of scarcity. Yeah. The vault is a glorious thing. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us. Um, Yeah. Secrets (laughs) of the vault. They, Disney understood many years ago that these products can become perennial favorites. First of all, they are. Yeah. They're yeah. high value. And they realized by making them scarce, right? You could bring them back. And there was this core Disney persona, right? They have these super fans that will go and buy them again, mm. right? And if you look at the brands they're buying, these things like Star Wars and Marvel, similar, similar Five, group yeah. of people. Right. But, um, you know, that was a brilliant strategy, really. Mm. Uh, and it, it could not have worked out. It just mm. did. Right. And it, it made sort of a, a world upon itself. How would you do that with like cloud based software in some way? <laughs> Turn up their subscription. Yeah. Just like we're only giving out 100 yeah. subscriptions, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. You didn't, read the, feature. you didn't read the fine print. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, your business to business is different. You're serving. Yeah a group of people that need to get something done. Sure. Right. And so putting it, putting a feature in the vault is not okay. It's not really, a, it's not really a, <laughs> a preference thing. Like if any, yeah. to, if yeah. anything you're watching, you know, things migrate value migration. Sure, I read sure, a book sure. years ago called value migration. It's one of my favorite books. Okay. Is it Adrian Skolovsky? I think anyway, it's this concept that, um, you know, value doesn't disappear. Mm. Right. It migrates into another place, typically, mm. you know, whether that's the buggy whip and horses into the car or, or take a look at Disney, you know, these DVD and Blu-rays. It's, it's, it, we used to spend whatever, $20 a month on entertainment thinking, wow, we're spending a lot on these DVDs. We are spending two to $500 a month mm. on pipes so that this content <laughs> can be served to us. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And so did, did the value of entertainment ever go away? Mm. No. In fact, we're paying more than ever. It's just migrated. Yeah. And the, at, for a while, there was the people that owned the actual pipes to serve up this information, right? Yeah. Um, and of course, anyone who owns the right content. How'd you, how'd you get here? For a while, I was, I was convinced that uh, the airplane needed to be reinvented. Nice. Um, that morphed into a love of music. So I okay. was a musician for many years. What do you play? Uh, singer, guitar player. Oh, okay, cool. Did that for a long time. Uh, loved that. And um, 
then I was in, I actually was in the film business for many years, of course, at Disney, but, but even before that, I was working on production. I moved out to California to play music. Yeah. And, uh, want to be a rock star. I wound up in the film business <laughs> working cool. on productions. And that was a lot of fun. Commercials, yeah. music videos, and working on all the sets in Los Angeles. Any fun music video stories? The coolest one yeah. is, um, there, there were a number one, but we were doing this music video with Eminem and Dr. Dre. Okay. Nice. And, uh, I like how you just casually throw that out there. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's just Eminem, you know, Dr. It's funny Dre. Where, that's, you know. yeah. When, it's it, two of the most iconic hip-hop artists, rap <laughs> artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there finalizing and dusting something off. And all of a sudden, Dr. Dre... Now, these guys, they don't ever talk to you, right? You're yeah, working yeah, on the yeah, set. Yeah. Dr. Dre comes up and he looks and he starts looking the thing over. And he just looks at me and he goes, looks legit. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a compliment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to think you were like, you put the, the toggles in the wrong spot. No, no one would Dre know except for Dr. Dre. It looks legit. That's awesome. And I take that very personally. There you <laughs> should. You should ride that one forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forever. That's awesome. He'll That's be watching, cool. I'm sure. So Yeah. Dr. J is really into pricing. Yeah. The beats now. So. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're changing pricing, obviously it affects a lot of different parts of the business. Yeah. Like operations, finance, you're obviously kind of more That's close right. to those parts of the business. But how do sales teams and marketing teams react when you're like, we're going to do this now? Yeah. I've made that mistake before where I haven't quite understood the dynamic of the team and how in love with the product they are. Mm. Right. And so I'm trying to be more sensitive now about that. Yeah. You know, come in guns blazing. Chief diplomat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Robert, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Final cheers. Yes. Cheers. Yeah. Some lager here. There we go. So Robert, that was pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Pricing, you know, that's my thing. So yeah. it's a good time. He's got a ton of experience. I know. And he's just so smooth with it. Yeah. I was like, oh man, this guy knows where all the dead bodies are yeah. in terms of like pricing for different businesses. But yeah. I think for me, big recap was prioritization. I think that's a really big thing that a lot of people miss out on, especially when it comes to pricing. But you know, in the world of engineering, the right. same thing. And, yeah. you know, with 60 products, you obviously have to prioritize. But it's, it's, it's one of those interesting things where it's really, really important to understand the levers that you're going to pull, even if you have one product, right. um, especially when it comes to pricing, especially when you're going to be in the middle of a bunch of different you know, parts of the organization. It's like super crucial to get that right. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned being right in the middle of it. Uh, yeah. And I think one thing that he said that stuck out to me was that idea of being the chief diplomat, mm. um, bringing everybody to the table, um, you know, whether sales, marketing, CS, and getting everybody singing off the same hymn, hymn book. Uh, when it comes to picking a price and what impact does that have on other parts of the organization. Well, that's all for this week on RevOps and Hops. I'm Patrick Campbell of ProfitWell. I'm Michael Klett from Chargeify. If you got value from this, if you found some little snippet that was going to help your business, make sure you share it with a colleague or a friend. And if you're looking for the podcast version, go to wherever you download podcasts normally and find that version there. Cheers. Cheers. Have a good rest of the week.